Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It is Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts on this Wednesday. Thir- nope. Nope. It's not Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> on this edition of the show where we continue the March mock draft with picks 11 through 20 or 21, something like that. Kyle, welcome to the show. I blew it. I know I'm going to regret asking this. Oh, boy. But have you ever seen Jumanji? Yeah, man. I saw that. Robin Williams got the animals that come to life there. Yes. Yep. Seen it. You are Robin Williams. When he comes out of the box and he's running around in his, like, ivy underwear and he comes up to the police officer and he says, what year is it? That's you. What day is it? <laughs> what day? I'm going to make a meme of it because that's that's the trap that we've now had you fall into. I think three weeks in a row we've got the day. I, I don't mean to do this. Um, it's it's wild. I, I this was one of those days where I did that thing where I wake up in the middle of the night. It was three twenty eight. Woke up at three twenty eight to use the bathroom and then just got to work. Oh um, God! Yeah. So. I did that, oh. and I'm just—I don't know what day it is. I'm just working on scouting reports and written content. And this midday podcast uh, that we record um, just throws throws me off, man. I don't know what day it is. You well, know? It's, yeah, it's kind of—it's crazy how working from home, like completely, right? Like we're still fairly new to working completely from home. <laughs> um, you really do get lost in the day sometimes. Very much so, Kyle. Very much so. Well, we're not um, going to get lost in the draft order, though. No, no, it's on. We've got some big picks coming up here, uh, starting with the Bengals at 11. Shall we recap the first 10 here, Kyle? Yeah, why don't we go ahead and do that? All right. When you say we, shall I? Yeah, because I read the recap at the end of the last show. So, All right. So we are going to pick up at pick number 11 to the Bengals. Uh, already off the board is Kyler Murray at number one to the Cardinals. Nick Bosa, number two to the 49ers. The Jets took Jawan Taylor at three. The Raiders took Josh Allen at four. The Buccaneers took Quinnen Williams at five. Montez Sweat to the Giants at six. DK Metcalf was drafted by the Jaguars at seven. Devin White, linebacker from LSU, number eight to Detroit. The Bills took Christian Wilkins at nine. And Devin Bush, the second top ten linebacker off the board at number ten to the Broncos. And hello, Cincinnati. Oh, baby. I've had 24 hours to think about it. Kind of cheating if you think about it. You're only supposed to have 15 minutes. Well, you know, it's a little different here on the Draft Dudes podcast compared to the regular draft. We reset the board. We thought about it long and hard. And we got to go with the quarterback, Kyle. We got to do it. We got a new coach. Zach Taylor's in the house. Um, Moved on from some veterans here. Joe, I do have some breaking news. Oh, boy. It's legitimate breaking news. All right. Well, I don't know what it is, so uh, I get to react to this live. Um, you remember that story that Ben wrote for Caleb McGarry? Yeah. On the draftnetwork.com? Yeah. 
Adam Schefter just organically tweeted it. Oh, I see it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh, Adam Schefter, follower of the draftnetwork.com. Big, big, big fan of the draft network, Adam Schefter. Oh, 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 oh. This is unbelievable. Yeah, Ben Ben poured his heart and soul into this article for the course of probably three weeks before he finally published it. And to see it get some retroactive run from a guy like Schefter is really, really cool. That is nuts. Now, Shefty, uh, beggars can't be choosers here, brother, but a little at there for uh, for Solak would have been nice. But uh, my gosh, um, yeah, that's fun. That's That's awesome. That's awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, you are so proud of your son right now. Oh my you? God! Are you kidding me? You're beaming through the monitor at me. I, I I am. My smile goes ear to ear right now from my dude Ben Solak. Just turned 22 this week. Had some really cool professional advancements this week. What a week, man! It's good to be Ben Solak. Good to be Ben Solak. The guy says every day, every day is a good day. Has not had a bad day in like 15 years or something like that. My guy. Okay. All right. I got to get it back together here. We, 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 let's go. Let's get back on the clock. Here. I got a franchise to run here. Cincinnati Bengals. I told everyone we're taking a quarterback. They've been waiting to hear who the quarterback is, thinking it's Dwayne Haskins, but it's not. We're going with Drew Locke. We're going with Drew Locke, the quarterback from Missouri. Guess what? He's the second best quarterback in the draft, Kyle. He's better than Haskins. And Zach Taylor knows it. There's a lot more in the toolbox. There's just more in the toolbox when it comes to to what Dwayne, uh, Drew Locke can do compared to Dwayne Haskins. And I think Zach Taylor is going to recognize that, and I'm going with him at number 11 here to the Bengals. Let's get weird. Well, we, we are officially weird now. Like, we're as weird as weird can get. Unfortunately, my pick is very straightforward and very easy. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are on the clock with the 12th <laughs> overall pick, and we're taking Brian Burns from Florida State. <laughs> who probably should have been gone seven to nine picks ago. So Brian Burns, Green Bay Packers, they've been very aggressive this offseason, Joe. They've been kind of breaking or broken some of the old rules that the old guard that Ted Thompson had there. And now Brian Gutenkeis uh, calling the shots and active in free agency. They seem like they know that their winning window with Aaron Rodgers is short. They need to be aggressive to maximize that time frame and a NFL ready-made pass rusher like Brian Burns would be very, very helpful in those efforts. Um, so this is the moment we've all been waiting for, right? Well, I mean me, but <laughs> I am on the clock, general manager of the Miami Dolphins, a position I've long desired to have. And I get a chance to affect the course of this franchise for a long time with this pick. My, uh, my uh, good colleague, uh, guy that I pay close attention to, uh, managing editor for the Dolphins Wire, Kyle Krabs. Maybe you've heard of this guy. Is he he's, he's, yeah, he is. If you can get past that, he's got some good information sometimes. Um, he's really kind of sold me that the right move and maybe even a good predict- prediction is that Miami is going to trade out of this pick completely, go way back and just get tons of draft capital for this pick, just like you saw the Bills do with the, with the Chiefs, just like you saw with the, the Packers and Saints last year when they moved back for uh, – when the Saints moved up for Davenport and they netted that, that first-round pick the next year. I think the, the Dolphins are on a really good spot to do that, and I think they should. This is a team that is embracing 
a, a very serious rebuild. And so that draft capital is going to make more of an impact than whoever they're going to take at 13. So we're not going to do the trades, but just I want just like Kyle kind of talked about his philosophy at number one was his belief that Arizona is trying to sweeten the, the pot here to trade out of one. Uh, I think that's going to be the case here at 13 for the Dolphins. So I'm on board with that. And since I'm not going to do that, I'm going to make a pick here. And I just feel like setting this team up for the long haul is obviously about getting the right quarterback. I don't think that the Dolphins believe the right quarterback's available right now, even though Dwayne Haskins is on the board. Kyle Krabs has told me repeatedly that Dwayne, that the, the Chris Greer uh, and Brian Flores, their top two traits in a quarterback is uh, mobility and decision-making. And I don't think you get that really at a high level in either case from Haskins. I just don't think he fits. So what we got to do is we got to make sure the infrastructure is right for that quarterback when he comes into the mix. And if you look at this Dolphins offensive line, it is very poor. The only thing we have to work with, literally, is left tackle Laramie Tunsil and maybe Daniel Kilgore. Aside from that, we don't have an NFL starter on this roster. We got to get one. We got to get an NFL, an NFL starter here in the draft. We're going with Jonah Williams, offensive tackle from Alabama. You put him on that right side there opposite of Laramie Tunsil, and you got a couple of dudes there on the outside that's going to get this offensive line right for when you have the right opportunity to invest in the correct quarterback. All right. I don't necessarily disagree with you. I do think it's interesting. Uh, Chris Greer is in Columbus today as we record this on Wednesday. Because today is Wednesday, but people are listening today, which is Thursday. So, um, I don't know. I'm, I feel like Miami's putting themselves in a position that if it falls, they can pull the trigger um, if they feel highly enough about a passer. I don't know if Dwayne qualifies. I think they'd be more likely to take Drew Locke if he were there at 13 than Dwayne. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, so we're looking at the Atlanta Falcons with the 14th pick. And this one's pretty easy for me, too, because I'm looking at a guy named Ed Oliver who's still on the board. And you can get a chance to put him next to Grady Jarrett, who's playing on the franchise tag. And if there was a defense in the NFL that was all about speed, 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 and they don't care that you maybe miss the prototype for size, it's the Atlanta Falcons defense. They've got speed all over this D. Ed Oliver next to Grady Jarrett gives them two really, really disruptive presences up front and uh, gives them some flexibility with whatever they decide to do with Grady Jarrett in the long term because he's on the franchise tag. He doesn't have a long-term contract right now. Uh, Yeah, this just keeps happening, right? Like every yeah. mock, it's like, how are we getting Ed Oliver to the Falcons at 14? I just, it just blows my mind, man. Um, man, I've got the weirdest picks here. I've got, I got the Redskins here at 15, and then I got the Giants at 17, huh? You're my God. Quarterback, so you might pick a quarterback every damn uh... My God. <laughs> and I'm going to pick the weirdest quarterbacks. People are going to be so pissed at me. Bengals fans are probably pissed at me. They wanted Haskins. Redskins fans are about to be really pissed at me. You ready for this? Ready for this? Yes. I don't know if I said this on the podcast or if I said this in a private conversation to you. But when I think about the Redskins and quarterback, yeah. look at the last three that they, they've somewhat invested in. 
Kirk yeah. Cousins, yeah. Alex Smith, yeah. Case Keenum. Yeah. And they have like a little thing for Colt McCoy, right? Yeah. You know who's kind of like those guys? You know yeah. who it is? Yeah. Daniel Jones. Yeah. Quarterback Duke coming off the board right here. Number 15 to the Holy Redskins. Cow. He fits. He fits their type. He fits their type. Jay Gruden, man. He's going to like this guy. It's crazy. But let's get weird, man. I'm getting weird, weirder with every pick here. So let's just see what happens with the, with the Giants at 17. Well, maybe I'll, I've heard uh, Marty Herney and the uh, the Panthers really like uh, Dwayne Haskins. Maybe I'll have him pick Haskins at 16. The Giants won't get a quarterback. Well, you have the power to do that right now. I do. It's true. It's actually very true because I'm on the clock with the Panthers right now. And, um, man, I wasn't expecting this name to be here, and it's kind of throwing me for a loop. I'm looking at Rayshon Gary. Oh. Because they do need edge. Yeah. They need offensive tackles. Dillard's there. Garrett Bradbury's there to play on the inside. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's there. Yep. I feel like a team that needs some edge help We've had a hard time slotting Sean Gary, but if he's here at this point, Carolina likes physical guys on the edge, right? Yeah, and then Marty Herney drafted Charles Johnson. Yeah, so I think I'm going to pull the trigger on Sean here and end this little mini slide. Guy that's for a lot of folks is expected to go in the top eight, sliding to 16. I think if this manifests itself in the draft, there's enough correlations with edge guys that Carolina has liked in the past and the general perception of the league around Rayshon that uh, we got pulled trigger here. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. That makes sense. Um, all right. Here I am to the giants. Am I going to go with another quarterback? Damn right. I am. Dwayne Haskins comes off the board. Number 17 to the giants. So if everyone was mad earlier when we had them going with Montez sweat at number six and they wanted Haskins, then you just got him at 17. You're paying yeah. him a lot less. Wild, Price is man. Inverted, right? Price I guess. Inverted. What a weird run that was, huh? <laughs> okay, so that that's your analysis. That's it. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, not, here's my. I mean, they need a quarterback. Oh, Dwayne, yeah. Dwayne Haskins is very good at slotting throws. There used to be good weapons there. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that actually the weapons that are around him, uh, in, in terms of Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram and Golden Tate and uh, and Saquon Barkley, I think that. That's actually pretty good for for Dwayne Haskins because those guys are uh, guys that kind of win in in the short to intermediate areas of the field. And Dwayne Haskins doesn't necessarily have a great deep a deep ball, and so uh, I think that he can probably maximize those guys. And you know, obviously, Dave Gettleman wants to get the offensive line right, and he's made some investments already this offseason, and he'll probably continue to do that with some of, some of the draft capital here coming up. So I, I just feel like at this point, if this were to really play out this way, that Haskins would absolutely be in strong consideration at seventeen. Okay, Joe. So the Minnesota Vikings now on the clock at 18. And I'm looking at the roster. I'm looking at the needs. I think this is where it gets interesting because I want to pick into your offensive line for the Vikings. I know Andre Dillard's on the board, but I think interior is a much more pressing issue for the Vikings than what you have 
on the outside. I mean, at least Brian O'Neill is a younger guy from Pittsburgh last year. They invested in fairly early. There's not a lot of interior defensive players right now that I feel really good about as a top 20 pick. Like we're, our top listed one right now is like Jeffrey Simmons, Jerry Tillery. This feels rich for those types of players. So now I'm stuck because the best one is Garrett Bradbury. But in talking with folks throughout the course of the winter time, they really like Pat Elfline at center. And it's like Ryan Kelly, right? Like Ryan Kelly struggled in Indianapolis for a couple years, and then they got some solid guard play around, and then suddenly Ryan Kelly's good. Well, that seems to be the impression that they have with Pat Elfline, and he had a really, really strong stretch of his rookie season and then struggled last year. So we do I want to draft Garrett Bradbury and then bump Pat Elfline out of the spot that they like him in? Do I draft Garrett Bradbury and ask Garrett Bradbury to play center or to play guard, even though I don't think he's quite as successful projecting to guard? Or do I take a name like Cody Ford, who played right tackle for Oklahoma, but can play inside? And that, to me, is the solution. Cody Ford's not a name that I've seen at 18 in a lot of my personal mocks that I've run. But him being here is the answer to this quandary of how do you kind of work around who they have, who they like, where they have, and then what they need. Cody Ford, really, really solid value at this point in the draft, and he fits a need. like it. I like that one, Kyle. I am up with the Tennessee Titans, who um, – We've been thinking edge for these guys, and then they made the play there for Cam Wake, and obviously with um, Harold Landry waiting in the wings, you, you you feel better about that situation. Don't necessarily like any of the interior defensive linemen at this point for them. And so then I kind of flip back over to interior offensive line, where I know they signed Roger Saffold, um, but I still think the inside of this offensive line can use some help, and um, I can see them really liking Garrett Bradbury from NC State and. I know they have Ben Jones there. Right now, Kevin Pamphiles, probably their starting right guard. And uh, I think we can get Bradbury in the mix here and, that, and give them you know, another building block here in addition to Luan and, and Conklin to make sure that this offensive line is secure not only now but in the, in going into the future as we try to figure out what we have in Marcus Mariota and um, you know, making sure that if he's the answer, we've got our center in place, and if he's not, We've got our center in place. And so I, I kind of like the idea here of investing into your offensive line and going with who I think is probably going to be the number one center in the draft, uh, Bradbury here to the Titans. I like this pick a lot, Joe. Thank you. So now I'm on the clock. Last pick of the day. Pittsburgh Steelers on the clock. Number 20. They're probably pissed because both of the linebackers are gone yeah. in the top 10. Yeah. So, looking at Pittsburgh's team needs, their team needs are listed as wide receiver, linebacker, corner, and edge. As we look at the best players available, we have Greedy Williams, Akeel Harry, Akeem Butler, DeAndre Baker. (laughs) The name that stands out to me is Greedy Williams. Because Greedy fits the explosiveness profile and the size profile that Pittsburgh has always been suckered by at the corner position. And for that reason, 
for looking at the archetype that they like and their track record at that position for outside corners, Greedy Williams is going to be the pick here as we wrap up today's show. Interesting, Kyle. I was thinking maybe you were going to go with Ninkill Harry there or Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Oh, and I'd considered Chauncey, but I still think Greedy just based on no, I get it. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Big athletic profile from a big university, right? That's what yep. they like. Yep. So. so here's the thing, Joe. People tell us all the time about how TJ Hawkinson is this lock to go in the <laughs> top 20, right? No, I have people tell me this all the time in my mentions. Hawkinson, you know, Detroit, Green Bay at 12. He's here at 20. He's here at 21. He probably ain't going to Seattle. He probably ain't going to Baltimore. I don't want to speak for you, Joe. He probably ain't going to Houston. This is We're talking fringe top 25 now for a top tight end. Our mock draft could just be bad. <laughs> that, I mean, that's also, that's also <laughs> a very realistic possibility that that's the case. But um, I just think it's an interesting kind of numbers game where – you you sit you look at a player individually and you say, Yeah, like this player's gonna go in X range. But then you add up the players that are gonna go in X range, and there's more players than the number of slots in the range that you've defined. I think Hawkinson's a good embodiment of that. And tight ends traditionally do not have a very high track record. We already broke the mold by taking two linebackers in the top ten. Yeah. You don't you don't see that ever. Yeah. Like, this is a weird draft class. Well, and look at OJ Howard. OJ Howard is about as elite of a tight end prospect that we've seen come out. And where did he fall to like eighteen or something like that? Like 18, 18 or nineteen? Yeah. So it's a good point. They're funny, man. That's why we love the biz. Because you never know. You never know. But you can find out how this Mock ends tomorrow, and where Hawkinson's slide ends, if it ends, <laughs> here at the Draft Dudes Podcast as we finish with picks 21 through 32. Um, Joe, maybe we'll give a little love to the teams that aren't picking, too? Maybe. Maybe. We'll it's not our fault they traded out of the first round. Yeah, I, I did mean, an article on that on Monday, though. You can check it out. Yeah, I did. Swing over to draftnetwork.com and read it. Definitely do that. I'm Kyle Krabs at Grind and Tape with Joe Marino at the Joe Marino. Thanks, as always, folks, for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.